Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. It's the Fulhamish Podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name's Sammy James. Welcome to the show live in Liverpool today after Fulham's 2-1 defeat in the first leg of the Carabao Cup semi-final. And I'm joined by Jack Collins. Hello. Hello, listeners. Hello, Sammy. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. What a wonderful city, huh? Yeah, we've had a we've had a lot of fun up here in Liverpool. George Cooper's here as well. Hello. Hello, Sammy. You all right? Yeah, good, thank you. Um, how has your uh, 24 hours in Liverpool been, George? Yeah, always got time for this city. We've feel like we've been here a lot these past few months doesn't it <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everton and then we've um, for last season as well but yeah no I can never get enough of Liverpool it's been it's been great deja vu as well for me and you because we came up to Liverpool in May and then did a podcast from here as well so uh, it, it feels like we're doing it all over again just a few months later yeah exactly I was relieved that we didn't draw Everton or Liverpool in the FA Cup just put it that way but it's been it's been it's been, uh, it's been it's been good fun like Liverpool not that much um George what were the best three word reviews that came in after last night's we've defeat s- at Anfield we've had some good ones uh so Jacob Kruper do the Juventus that was the most liked yes. on Twitter Richard Bamber tossing it away I think in reference to Tossin's back deflection. I think it's a little bit harsh on Tossin maybe, but I'm sure we'll come on to that. Uh, Richard Bamba again, Cop Cottage Wembley. Timbo with Bruised But Alive. Jason stuck in neutral. Uh, and Rachel FFC with Down Not Out. And Fulham Dom says, Square it, Bobby. That was another quiet <laughs> liked one. As I said, we're sure we'll come on to that. And then we'll round it off, up, round it off with Tom Greaterex, who said, This ain't over. Yeah. I think that's the uh, that's the feeling that I certainly have after last night, Jack. And there was quite spirited debate in the pub beforehand where I was saying, no, I won't take a, uh, a one goal defeat. I feel like this is an opportunity to get at Liverpool. By the end of the match, I turned to you and said, Jack, I'd take that one goal defeat <laughs> yeah, if it's still yeah. on offer, please. But I think it's disappointing in the scenario yes. that we are behind going into the game at the cottage. But ultimately, I think... Certainly not I, but most Fulham fans we spoke to, it, it literally in the build-up agreed that probably going in one goal behind after this game is not the end of the world. I think you have to look at it as an 180-minute tie, and that's exactly what Marco Silva will be doing. He'll be going, look, at the cottage, we know that we can outplay almost anyone. You'll point to that Arsenal game, you'll point to the game against Liverpool last year, and say that you know this Fulham team are capable of, of beating a team, especially at home at the cottage, and with what? 
you know, we hope will be an incredible atmosphere as well. So I think when you're looking at it from that kind of perspective, it makes plenty of sense to be like, stay in the tie. And to be honest, as you say, it's disappointing in some ways in that Fulham will 1-0 up and actually defending very well until the deflected goal. But equally, uh, on the flip side of that, once the second goal did go in, it could have been 3-4 or 5. And we've got out with that single goal deficit at 1-0 up. I can completely understand the point of you don't take anything but, you know, at least a draw. But considering the way the game ended, I think to be in this tie and still, you know, very much within touching distance is a decent outcome for Fulham. Yeah, it's the same as effectively going into halftime 1-0 down. Yeah. If you think about it that way, you wouldn't in that situation be like, oh, we're out, you know, yeah, the game's, game, over. game's over. So that's the way we've got to look at it. 100%. I mean, George, I think you could tell a little bit from the lineup last night that Marco was definitely going into this game looking not to throw it away. I think that the change of Tom Kearney for Harrison Reed definitely just indicated that we're going here to, to try and nick something. We're not going here to attack Liverpool, despite all of the absentees that, that they had. I feel like that was the indication of our game plan. Yeah, and I think it was the right decision as well. I thought Harrison Reed by and large had a pretty good game and definitely yeah. gave us that um, little bit of, uh, we're a little bit more robust in the middle of the park because of it. Uh, I fully expect that TC will come back in for the second leg. I would imagine, yeah. because we've obviously got to take the game to Liverpool. But I think Marco did play a very good tactical game. I thought defensively we were solid. I thought Robinson had a fantastic game as well. Um, but other than that, no real massive surprises. I'm really glad that William started. I thought he, you know, it's the sort of game where he does just pull it out of the bag. I don't know. He's got that sort of... Uh, Big game energy. Big game energy, yeah. But that's experience as well. Like how many of these players have played in a semi-final? Mm. And you look at it and you go, well, Willian's gone on and, and won trophies. Obviously, there are trophies across the park in different places, but he is one of those players that's been there and done it at this exact point. And so to have that in this team who are facing a challenge that we've never seen as Fulham fans, you know, that, I think that's really important just in terms of being able to say, look, I've been here, it's okay, we know what's going on, just to keep that level of nous throughout the team. Well, I watched... Um the Anfield Raps post-match pint, uh, which was up on YouTube, well worth a watch, actually. I mean, anything the Anfield Rap does is, is always good. And um, they were joking about, like, I can't believe that Willian's still going and still causing us problems. It feels like he's been scoring against Liverpool for a hundred years. They were basically joking. They were like, can this man just stop, please, coming to Anfield? And you kind of forget that, obviously, in the past, he, he scored big goals in big games at Anfield. This, this is not an event that would have phased him in the slightest. Was that famous video from the Scouse kid being like, I want this man to be no more. <laughs> That's exactly what I imagine it's, been. it's like right now. But yeah, look, he was, he was brilliant, I thought. And the goal is, is absolutely exceptional. I'm sure we'll come, we'll come on to it properly. But just that performance and that ability to know that it's in his hands and it's safe. I thought it was all, you know, pretty well put together from Fulham for long periods of last night. And whilst the end was a little bit nervy, for generally for 70 minutes... Fulham very much in the game. I, I don't think, actually, I'll be honest about it, I don't think either team were great. I don't think it was a, a performance that either will look back on and go, oh, we absolutely were at our best today. But equally, it's a cup semi-final. Things are nervy, things are tight, and, you know, that can affect the way that these kind of games play out. I didn't ever think this was going to be another 4-3. Yeah, and, and George, let, let's talk about that goal, as, as Jack just mentioned it. Um, just amazing 
scenes in the away end when that went in. I mean, I got like punched in the mouth by someone. I knocked someone's glass to whoever I knocked your glasses off during the celebration. I am eternally sorry. There was some man scurrying around on the floor looking for his glasses because I'd knocked it off his head. Um, it, it was just amazing. And a lot of people were saying, oh, big mistake from Van Dyke. I'm sorry, but Willian and Andreas have so much to do there. I mean, yes, that Van Dyke does mess it up a little bit. It's not like it was on a plate. Mm. No, it was amazing. I didn't really don't think we realised actually how good a goal, good it, a goal was. it was yeah. from our end until you watch the replay it's just the, the closeness of his control the touches and they say you know class is permanent certainly true of William and he's just he's got that I don't know I'm, I'm hesitant to say arrogance but it's almost like a, he's not he's not bothered cocksure like, almost co- yeah, yeah it's just like so confident and you kind of feel like he almost plays with a sort of like indifference which can go one way if you know he's not pulling it out and people get annoyed that it's when it's Rotherham shift. on a Friday yeah but then it does <laughs> on these big games it just does really it's the difference it was yeah brilliant goal brilliant goal and and, and also like that goal I'm so glad that we scored because if we'd have lost 1-0 I mean we're, we're still difference. in the same position yeah. but just to have that moment of elation and go, to go into half the scenes in the concourse yeah, I was were say. amazing. Some of the best concourse scenes I've seen supporting Fulham ever, I think. And <laughs> I, I mean, me and Jack were having a beer after I was sort of turned to him, which was like, yeah, this, this trip's already paid for itself. <laughs> yeah, like, like, <laughs> also that kind of feeling of this could be as good as it gets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, I think we both fully knew that this is as good as it gets. I think we might have said that, but yeah. Because that half an hour after they got the first goal was the longest 30 minutes of my life. God, that was so tense horrible and you can feel the atmosphere in the in the away end it was just you know pretty much like just get through this can we just get through it's this? interesting how different people react to it and obviously we were together in the first half george but we weren't in the second and samuel knows because he was stood next to i get really chatty when i'm nervous i like start talking to people about other things to try and like well i'm watching the game but also sort of having discussion about other bits and bobs and samuel's there like do you ever stop? Do you ever stop talking? Stop I was like, I was like, no, this is how I deal with nerves. So I'm watching it, being like, I'm going to try and talk about something else and keep my mind off this because it's it's stressing me out. And <laughs> what did you talk about like got any holidays planned? Honestly, <laughs> it wasn't far off. Actually, I had a long conversation with Max behind me about the Euros. <laughs> Honestly, everything came up during this. Like, it was like having a live podcast whilst I was trying to watch the most nervy game of football that's ever been played. Sammy goes silent when he's nervous. I am the exact opposite. I'm just oh. like, absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny you say like people react to like nerves in a different way. I, I got blamed by Vass for the reason that we lost. I saw that. When I was with you the first half, obviously we went in 1-0 up and then I sat somewhere different for the second half and then the first thing Vass said to me was just like, that was your fault for moving. You cursed us. I was like, what? I was like, a bit of a stretch. Um, <laughs> it's not my fault it deflected off Totten's back and <laughs> yeah. went into the back of the net thank you very much Abbas um, I mean George I felt like we were really good value for this 1-0 lead Liverpool were getting more and more frustrated but I think the key turning point of the game was Liverpool's double substitution Gakpo mm. and Nunez coming on and it just felt like Nunez brought the chaos and just Fulham didn't really know how to how to adapt in that moment yeah we saw what Liverpool are capable of and they just turned it on like flick of a switch those substitutions and then it's just ferocious it's relentless the speed in which they move the ball in the transition and especially like in the half third it's, it's frightening and that's the thing with the point it's why it was such a nerve-wracking game start to finish because you knew at any minute they just could you know put the ball in Nunez is such an interesting footballer he's, he's genuinely the most unpredictable I've seen him play against Fulham for um, against Fulham for Liverpool and he's been terrible I'm like how is this person 
you know, playing for one of the best clubs in the world. And then like yesterday, you just saw, he, he just, he's, he was brilliant. It's he, that chaotic energy he brings. And I think that in certain situations, and especially in games which are nervy and tense, like just having him running down that channel on a constant, you know, he's just going and going and going at Timmy Castagna. And you're going, I, I hate this. And you can see Fulham becoming more and more wary of what he's doing. But, you know, also probably worth pointing out that whilst he didn't play on that side you know, yesterday, if he had gone through the middle, that's a place where you look at and go, does Calvin Bassey deal with that slightly differently and, and has the kind of physicality to match up to that and look at it. And so I wonder if that's something that obviously won't be Bassey, but I wonder if there is changes made for the second leg and if Kenny Tete comes back in just as a slightly, you know, on his day in particular, you know, probably the best one-on-one defender in the Premier League. Do you have to stand up to Darwin in that regard and actually try and, and frustrate him so that he gets, you know, and, and that does happen with him. He then gets frustrated, starts shooting from everywhere. And you see that Darwin that people were taking, you know, making fun of. Last night we saw exactly why. But there is something to probably point out, though, in that double substitution. Liverpool brought £125 million worth of talent on in one in one fell swoop and that's not this isn't a dig because you know you have to play within your means and Liverpool have the means to do that but the difference in terms of quality coming off the bench is pretty evident in that regard I think yeah and also I feel like Jack sometimes I feel like Nunez starting we can deal with it we kind of we got the time but him coming on as a substitute was just really difficult for us what had already been and and that, that moment like look Liverpool missing a lot of players, probably missing their two best players in Salah and Trent Alexander-Arnold. But at the same time, once those guys are on the pitch, who do you mark? Diaz, do you mark Jota? If you don't mark them, then Nunez is running free. Gakpo's around. McAllis is behind them. Whilst they may not be at that very, very top level, like there's still five or six danger men on the pitch who can, who can do something. And it just felt like Fulham just lost control for 10 minutes. But we did fortunately regain some of it in order just to stop this sliding Settle the game down a little bit towards the end. Yeah, I mean, look, that's it. And that's how great substitutions and great managers work, right? There is an element of Klopp got that exactly right. And he got it exactly right at the weekend against Arsenal as well, where he made that half-time tactical switch and suddenly it changed from Arsenal completely in the ascendancy to a game that Liverpool looked like they could come on and win. And it went the same way in this game and, and having the players to do that is one thing but also having the nous to find that right moment to make those switches is a secondary thing and, and Klopp did it really well last night and look, he deserves due credit for that because you, you know some managers will not switch their game plan if something isn't working they trust her plan A and actually that ability to, to switch it up and do something slightly different that Liverpool did in the second half was impressive in its own right even if it was frustrating from a Fulham perspective. Um, We've slightly skipped over, George, some of the chances that Fulham had at 1-0 to make it 2-0, kind of early doors in the second half. And a lot of focus is going on the on the missed opportunity that, that fell to Bobby Reid. He's played in down the right-hand side. He elects to shoot at Kelleher's far post. He, he draws a save out of Kelleher, but it was quite comfortable for him. There's two options. He could have tried to square it for Andreas. He could have maybe tried to pull it back for, for Raul. I'm in the camp that whilst, you know, with the beauty of hindsight and looking at it for 20 minutes with a freeze frame, yeah, he should have probably tried to square it. But I don't hate Bobby. Like, and I feel like he's getting, for me, a bit of unfair flack for the decision he made in a split-second decision, which I actually think is probably like... the. I think, honestly, it's a toss of a coin as to whether it's the right call for me or not, because 
I could have come off Kelleher and gone yeah, to and Andreas. Yeah, carried out and goes in. Everyone goes, what a decision by Bobby. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think it's unfair to be scapegoating him, particularly as there were other good moments that Fulham wasted. Yeah, and I have to admit, watching it in real time at the game, I was screaming. I was, I was like, that's the moment. That is the moment. It was such a big chance. Upon reflection, watching the replays, it's, it's not quite the sort of sitter that we all thought it was. Canalte is definitely catching Andreas. Like, yeah. Andreas has many qualities, but being fast is not one of them. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I think that, yeah, it's one of those that it wasn't, you know, it flattered to deceive as a chance, but... Um, I've, I think that pulling it back to Raul would have been just as good an option as, as, as squaring it across to Andreas because yeah. he was he was unmarked yes. as well and he would have had time to take a touch and um, put it away. But anyway, coulda, woulda, shoulda. It doesn't help that I don't think Bobby had a particularly good game last night in court of any aspect of it. I didn't think that it was the best Bobby that we've seen. It wasn't that element of, of kind of making the right decision. And, and this is an example, but actually I think that generally across the course of the game, he didn't have his best his best game in a Fulham shirt and, and actually sometimes you get that Bobby Reid that we saw at well Anfield last time out but against Arsenal as well that industry that work rate and I think what has you know made him stand out a, a lot of the time is that you know that decision making that kind of moment that you're like oh it's Bobby I think he'll make the right call and actually I thought that whilst this is the example that's being picked up on he actually didn't do that quite as much as you kind of expect him to do yesterday, which is probably feeding into the narrative around this, this mischance. I actually think that where he, he miscontrolled a through ball from, yes. from Willian, I actually think is, is, a, is a, if, if we're going to call it a crime, a worse one than actually the decision yeah, yeah, yeah. that he made for that. And, you could, and Willian absolutely lost it. Head in hands. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was livid that, I mean, look, it wasn't the world's easiest ball to, to control. It was hit it in with pace. I think actually that's a slightly better opening. Yeah, I do too. I think there's more ground to run into. He's less wide. Um, it means that the, the chance goes and yes, he recovers the ball and Fulham go on the attack. But actually that moment where you're like, oh, we've broken the line is lost. So yeah, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. And there was a lot of discussion on, you know, the group chats, etc. when Harry Wilson came on, that he came on for Willian rather than Bobby. Now part of that is maybe legs and and I'm trying to get that defensive work rate up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I I think there was a lot of calls at that point to be like bring on Wilson and Willian and let them have a go at it. That was the moment it felt like okay, we're settling for where this is. I felt like George, the subs that we made generally, like particularly the Sasalukic sub, just screams to me. Marco wants to get out of here two one. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not that. And, and even well, TC like, in the ten is the one that screams to me. He's getting out of here. Yeah, you know, two one. Actually, that decision rather than bringing him on deep and trying to create from there and have two kind of eight tens on the pitch is is the decision that I was like, oh, okay, he really is retreating into the shell here. Yeah, and a hundred percent the right decision as well. I think. Um, yeah, as you said earlier. It's not the fun decision to make for us in the crowd and we want an equaliser, but it's the smart decision. Yeah, no, well, yeah. we talked about Klopp, right? So we talked about making smart changes to affect the flow of the game. Same thing. Marcus Silva is a very, very good manager and he made the right changes to make sure that Fulham are still in this time. Mm, yeah, no, agreed. And I think we would have been... Uh, there would have been a few raised eyebrows if he was bringing on <laughs> Vinicius or like, <laughs> if like, what are you doing? Um, so yeah, totally the right call from Marco and... Yeah, as you said earlier, I think every Fulham fan would have taken a, a, a one-goal deficit. So, Jack... Apart from Sammy. Apart from Sammy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I've, I've kind of relented a little bit on my quite aggressive stance before the game <laughs> yesterday. So, so, George, one goal down. The next um, game against Liverpool is in two weeks. It's, it's at Craven Cottage. 
how are your how are you feeling? What are you rating our chances a couple of weeks out from it? You know, they still won't have Salah. They likely still won't have Trent Alexander-Arnold. Someone like Sobersly might be back. Probably not. But we'll see. I don't know. Are, are you are you confident? I mean, what are your odds in your head of, of Fulham doing this? I'd really love to hear the Achanova stand up if you still believe. Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> I think it wouldn't quite work actually... the same way in a, in a domestic uh, I would back cup it. competition. I'd back but it. It's to say, you know, we, we've seen Fulham come from behind in the Europa League run and you know, we've experienced what it's like at Craven Cottage when the fans get behind the team. And I just hope that we, you know, if we were to get like an early goal, then it's, you know, get the place going. What we don't want to do is concede early to Liverpool and then all the energy sort of like gets sapped the out of the Juventus method. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah it worked then. I'm not sure it's going to work twice. I'm feeling good. I'm looking forward to the game, which I think is the most, um, the thing that I, I wanted to like still have that sense of, you know, we're in it and it not be a complete um, waste of time. But I'm, overall, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. I thought if we, if we can sort of control the game a bit more and, and use the home advantage, then... We can, yeah, I, I don't see any reason why we can't turn it around. I'm just glad, as you say, that this is a match next Tuesday. We're not going into this three goals down and therefore it would have been, you know, you've had people trying to shift their tickets and yeah. all sorts and it would have been a real, like, we're going to go into that game next Wednesday and it's going to be a massive atmosphere beforehand. Whatever happens, in my opinion, yeah. like, we've done so well. Give them a game. If ultimately fall a little bit short, then, like, kind of say la vie mm. but I'm just so so happy that like it's going to be really special and a lot of people can knock the cottage and say oh it's a shit atmosphere and the fans are placid whatever clappers and all of this whatever you want to throw at us in terms of criticisms but we know that actually the cottage under the lights when it's a big big game like many stadiums to be fair we're not unique in this but can be a an incredibly special place and, and a really difficult place to go. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And I just hope everyone turns up, you know, and uh, the minim minimal min minimal Liverpool fans in the Putney end or scattered around, around the grounds. Yeah, I think it will be a, a proper proper Fulham night to remember what, whatever happens. Um, Jack, I guess uh, same question to you, really, kind of your feelings. Yeah, I mean, I said I'd, I'd take being in it and we're in it. And that's it's an opportunity. It's one of those where we have to see how the next couple of weeks play out in terms of injuries and, and, and players coming back for, for this Liverpool side. But equally, there is a chance that it's a very similar side that comes out and plays at Craven Cottage in a couple of weeks. And I think we we you know we showed yesterday we can hang with them, um, that there's no problems in... You know, I always feel like Fulham have got goal in us. And, and that's been important. See, sometimes I don't know where it's coming from, but uh, it, it tends to happen. So... You know, as George says, that first goal is pretty crucial. And I think that just having, you know, that feeling of this could be really quite special is, is something to remember in itself. right? And look, Marco's already said, you know, it's great to be here, but we want more. And I think that's exactly where we're at. You know, if Fulham, as you say, go out there and put everything on the table and we come up just short, it's been a campaign to remember. But that, they're not going to settle for that. And we shouldn't settle either in terms of what we can, what can we can dream of and, and hope of. And I think it's going to be really quite a, a magical evening down on uh, yeah. the Thames. Just to have that feeling as we did last year in the FA Cup against United, of just being 90 minutes away from Wembley is so special. And that's, that's an achievement in itself, right? We've already, um, no matter what happens, you know, we should be proud to have got this far. But... I just do a little bit of luck, you know. Like it, we saw, like it feels like such an opportunity given the way that the other semi final. Yeah, out. just can't, just a little bit of luck, and then I know and then everyone's talking about Juventus and trying to compare it to that. 
my feeling in like obviously like Liverpool are a far better team but I have the derby feeling we obviously lost the first leg of that in the semi-finals yeah. in 2018 1-0 but Fulham there is, there is the fact that we were just the better side in that game like flat out on paper on pitch we were the better team and we didn't get the luck at the, or the rub of the green up at Pride Park that day but it felt very like we're going to do this at the cottage this is slightly different in that Liverpool are I think on paper a better side than Fulham but as you say it's football it's 90 minutes as George points out but it, it, also there was that night was like we're just due something here we're due a trip because that point we hadn't been to Wembley in since 75 and it felt like come on this has got to be Fulham's time and, and that's my, my hope ahead of that game that, that something's due but we'll see we'll see we'll take a break afterwards we'll look ahead to another big game they're coming thick and fast Chelsea on Saturday Part two of the Fulhamish podcast. Sammy here with Jack Collins and George Cooper. We're at, I don't really know what this is. It's like a kind of food court. It's a bit like a food court, but there's... We're at a shopping centre. There's lots of dance classes going on as well. But yeah, a glorified shopping centre just outside of uh, Liverpool Lime Street. Um, yeah, we've had a, a nice time up here in Liverpool. We're about to get the train home after, after recording this. Um, Chelsea on Saturday. Before we get into that, just to say that uh, if you can't make the match on Saturday, uh, make sure you head to a Green King Sport pub. They show all of the football, Premier League, FA Cup, League Cup, any game that's televised, it's on at your local Green King Sports pub. And if you download the Green King Sports app, you can get 10% off your drinks during any televised match. So download the Green King Sports app. And if you can't get to Stamford Bridge on Saturday, head to a Green King Sports pub instead and watch it on a lovely big HD TV with a pint. It's about as uh, about as good as it can get other than being there for the real thing. All three of us, though, will be at yes. Stamford Bridge on Saturday. And, and Jack, it's weird to have an SW6 derby at Stamford Bridge. It's kind of traditionally when we're in the Premier League, like the biggest away trip of the season, the one we're most excited for. And it feels a little bit second thought yeah. considering what we just had last night. But actually, I think when it when it comes around 12.30 on Saturday, we'll all remember, oh, wait, no, this 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 is a big game too. Yeah, no, absolutely. It definitely. I, I mean, to be fair, I thought it was at 3 p.m. until yesterday. So uh, that, that, <laughs> that, was, that was a steep learning curve for me. I had to, I had to shift, some, shift them things around. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm really excited. And I, I think that you look at where Chelsea have been this season, you look at their result midweek and the, the way they performed as well midweek. And, you know, we said this last year and obviously we didn't get the result, but they feel beatable. And this Fulham side feels like the kind of side that is going to take advantage of any missteps and mishaps. Now, there are plenty of things to still have concerns about. I think that Chelsea won't be as wasteful again on on Saturday as they were against Middlesbrough, but Fulham are a much better side than this Borough side and shouldn't afford them that many opportunities. I only have one concern that there might be a strong reaction, considering especially the players being booed off by the fans uh, at full time. Is there that kind of bounce back moment for Chelsea and are we going to be on the end of it? But... I think that this Fulham team have the nous and the capability to cause problems at the bridge. And I'm really excited for it. And it's not often you get to the bridge and you're like, yeah, let's do them. And, and this time feels like that. Last year, last year did as well. And actually the performance of the bridge wasn't great. But this year, I, I don't know, there's something, something different about this Fulham side. I, I, I believe in their ability to make things happen. Yeah, I mean, George, like, the turnaround's not ideal from us. Uh, Jurgen Klopp always moans about playing on a Wednesday, then 12.30 on a Saturday. I'm sure, though, that luckily Chelsea did actually play in midweek themselves, a long trip to Borough. So there shouldn't be too much difference in terms of um, being tired or whatever for this match. Both teams have had long trips midweek. Um, I guess my 
real concern is obviously like we've gone into the last few games saying Chelsea are beatable, but what happened in September, the home match, was such a a reminder that ultimately, yes, Chelsea are beatable, but also if you if you don't turn up and you don't perform like we didn't on that day, they can turn you over. It's not a foregone conclusion that Fulham will necessarily perform well, but and, and we learnt that to our uh, to our horror. That that was a really awful, one of the worst nights of the season so far, wasn't it? That, that yeah, Monday. and that was a terrible game. I don't I don't know what it is about Fulham, but we do have form in helping teams end sort of like bad spells or like whenever we come up against a team when you think that oh it's a good time to play them you know they're down on their luck they've gone on a losing streak then we saw it with United as well this Burnley. season yeah yeah <laughs> they always just seem to turn it around against against uh, Fulham so um, but yeah you know the quality that they do have on the pitch uh, although they haven't quite got it to work as a cohesive unit yet um, Pochettino is obviously still working on that I think that they are there for the taking and yeah it'll be a good atmosphere um, I'm not as I'm not as like nervous about. It. I don't know what it is. I think maybe all of this the, game, yeah, all of the points that you mentioned to, maybe we're just sort of like, you know, feeling the aftermath of uh, yesterday's game. We got one eye on the cup, and that seems a little bit bigger than uh, than um, a trip to our old nemesis across the road. But um, it still be good fun. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one. And to go back to that that game, obviously earlier in the season, I think that's the most disappointed I've been in a Fulham performance for like ten years. It wasn't the worst performance that we've had in you know a decade, but in terms of you looking at that Chelsea team and going, right, we've got an op- you know an opportunity here, and the way that Fulham just capitulated in the first half of that game to the point that even a comeback felt incredibly unlikely. Even if we had scored, there was that big chance of Sasha Lukic. It was like oh, we've left ourselves so much to do here. That, I think, was one of the most frustrating evenings you could possibly have as a Fulham fan because it didn't feel like Chelsea were that good and yet they walked all over us in that first half. So it's about being switched on as well and, and making sure that we take advantage and, 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 you know, we're not gifting opportunities away because this is a side still with, with plenty of talent in it. Cole Palmer had a dreadful game midweek, but he's been sensational and Chelsea's, you know, key facet this season. I think Armando Broyer will start. Obviously, he caused us all sorts of problems in that game. It's going to be an interesting one in terms of how Marco sets up there isn't doesn't feel like there's that much room for rotation because just of the the lack of depth options we have with with Bassi and Iwobi obviously off at, at AFCON so I wonder how this looks when when it when that team sheet comes out on Saturday morning and then how these two teams both deal with the rotations that you know the rigors of the cup endure I just wonder if it's a you know a couple of just standard changes I, I would for me I would change the right hand side I would I would give Kenny Tete a run and Harry Wilson and Harry Wilson a run on the right I would just I would I bring in a couple of smart check maybe TC back in the 10 as as well although that was actually where we lost that home I don't, game I don't was like midfield. That. yeah I, I, I what if TC is going to play I want him deeper Sorry, I meant actually TC deeper. I don't know what I've just. He wears the number ten shirt. Sometimes you just get confused. <laughs> I meant TC. I think TC will come in for this because I think Fulham will want to get a bit more of a foot on the ball than we did against Liverpool. Um, I think that that's probably a sensible thing to do. It was again, you know, just on a kind of side note, it was good to see Sasha come on yesterday because we haven't seen very much of him for a long time. Um, so it's nice to see he's back. You know, at least within the manager's thinking process, even if it is to do with with players being out and you know not having the required depth in there at the moment with Awobi gone, but. I think when you look at that and, and look at how Fulham, I think it will be TC deeper behind Andreas. And I think he'll look to, to, to get on the front foot and, and hurt Chelsea early because there is that sense. And, you know, obviously Chelsea have actually, the Middlesbrough result was a, a terrible one for them, but it's also the end of a relatively good run. I think they had five wins in six, if you include the penalty win over Newcastle in the cup. 
and it was a you know that that's a good run. It was finally a bit of consistency in the performances, but obviously the the cup result has really shaken everyone down at the bridge. If you can get at them early and and, and score an early goal, then I think that crowd will turn, and I think Marcus Silva will know that. Yeah, I think that's the big thing, George, is and that's what went wrong. I think in the home match was. Fulham looked okay and then you you gave Chelsea a sniff and they got in front and actually looked pretty comfortable once they were in front. We need to we need to go and silence the bridge really, don't we? Yeah, I mean obviously the away end will be in good voice. We always have a good atmosphere away at, away at Chelsea. It's one of the first games that you look at when the fixture list comes out, you know. Um, it's a shame obviously the timing of it as we sort of alluded to earlier is not ideal. Um, Marco with these big games you know you know he would have like done pages and pages of research to try and work out how to unpack Chelsea I just fear that maybe it's just a few too big games too quick and but yeah I've got every faith in um, in the team and hoping that we can win well, would you take a draw like or are you, are you are you looking at this game thinking this one's for the taking. I, I, oh look. Would you take a draw? Mm, I wouldn't be. Dis- I wouldn't be gutted. Going I wouldn't out. shake your hand for it right now, though. In a way that I would have shaken your hand for the Liverpool result last night. Yeah. Um. I, I think we always say this, right? The, the, the game you don't want to lose is Brentford. The game you always want to win is Chelsea. Chelsea. If we lose to Chelsea, you know, and you go out afterwards and they're giving it large, you're like, you've spent a billion pounds. Like you should be expecting to beat us. Like mm. what is this? If we beat Chelsea, it's a real like slap in the face. So mm. I, I think you don't shake hands on the draw beforehand. You look at this team and think they're there. F- you know they're there to be got at whether they whether they do or not is a different thing yeah but I, I think there is an opportunity here for Fulham to go and break this record at the bridge man we yeah. we have never won there <laughs> let's go and win yeah the thing that I loved hearing about when we beat um, when we beat Chelsea um, at home last season was how it was reported that Marco sat the players down in the dressing room and played them the footage of Boamorte scoring with the you know last time we beat them. It's like this is what this is what can, you can mean to this. I didn't know you, that. Can, you can write yourself into the history books into the. Do you think Boa suggested it himself? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Marco, I've got a great idea. <laughs> is it just an excuse to show your goal again? No, no, it's motivation for the team. Um, but I you think- could see the reaction when Vinicius scored. It was like that. You know, I've I've written myself into. Cold state, instant cold status. Yeah. And Marco will be saying the same thing going into this game. It's like this is your opportunity to to, to make yourself a legend. Yeah, Sasa Lukic. Yeah, go on. <laughs> this is Raoul's moment. He's going to finally score a Rabona. <laughs> oh my god. Um, couple of questions before we go. Uh, this one from Christian Hale. This is back to the match uh, last night. He said, "Are we all feeling more dejected because we went one 0 up? Think we'd have all taken two one before kickoff, and if we were two 0 down and scored to make it two one, we'd probably all be a bit happier than we are right now." Yeah, absolutely. It's the the way the game plays out. I alluded to this at the top. It's the manner of which things happen, and also I think the two quick fire goals. I actually think even if we'd scored first and they'd scored and then scored another one twenty minutes later, we'd have been like, "That's annoying," but it is what it is. It's the manner of conceding twice in two minutes that really is frustrating from a Fulham perspective that little you know five minutes of collapse and the tie turns completely on its head so I think yes to Christian's question it's the manner of it it's also the you know the way the goals go in and the fact that it happens in such a quick fire spell that really kind of hurts I think from yesterday yeah uh, David Nicholson uh, wrote uh, an email to us said hi Fulhamish um, just home from Liverpool uh, sent this at 
midnight. That's a quick journey home. I don't know where he lives. Uh, it's very easy to say from the stands, but literally all the fans around us in AL4 were saying that we needed to make some changes before they scored. Calling out Andreas Pereira in particular, Liverpool made changes and we needed to respond to give them something different to think about. By the time changes were made, it was 2-1 and the team was already frazzled. Willian on form and linking with Robinson makes a huge difference and we lost quite a bit of threat when he went off and BDR went over to that side. It's tough because he probably isn't going to last 90 minutes in that sort of game and for that reason I'm loath to be critical of Marco but I think the delay in substitutions was a problem last night I it was a point maybe 60 70 minutes George where I was thinking like is Marco going to do something here up, yeah. we, I feel like we need to freshen it up I feel like we needed to move first mm, yeah I don't disagree with um with the points raised I think that we, maybe we were a little bit tardy but again like uh, the quality that Liverpool have that could have happened at any moment you know like it's 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 kind of splitting hairs Marco obviously would have had a game plan and I think by and large it did work yeah, perhaps perhaps it could have could have introduced them a little bit earlier, but I don't think that that would have kept them at bay. I feel like Liverpool were always going to find a way through. It yeah. was just a matter of pro like prolonging the inevitable. David's got a point though in terms of it's not necessarily about going okay, we're going to defend this lead. It's actually about giving something Liverpool something different to worry about in order to try and peg them back a little bit, as opposed to allowing them to sort of roam freely across the half for the mm. in the entire second half. I think that's something that that Marco could have been more proactive with but equally I, I sat here and praised him for being able to calm the game down and change things up it is what it is mm. I actually think that last night Marco would definitely have deployed the five at the back but without Bassi and Reem only just back um, on the subs bench I think maybe he didn't have that option to be able to do that but he's used that a lot when he's needed to shore up the game so look um, it's been um, great to do this it's been a, a fun trip up to uh, Liverpool all we need to do is name the podcast George what would you like to go with it's a toss up for me between Tom Greatericks is this ain't over uh, but I think I'm going to go with Rachel's down not out all right, there we go. Thank Fantastic. you, Rachel, for naming the pod today. Um, been lovely to do this. I love doing these little live ones after an away game. I mean, it's not feasible to do it all the time, but when we get the opportunity, um, it's uh, lovely to do. Hope you've enjoyed uh, listening to it. Fulhamish will be back uh, Sunday, Monday-ish, uh, looking back uh, at the match. We've also got a couple of special podcasts coming out over the... Uh, over the in, well, it's not an international break, the in winter season break. break. yeah. Um, a, a special interview, that's all I'll say for now. Uh, coming your way uh, during that time which we're very excited to uh, reveal uh, Jack Collins thank you thank you very much Sammy been an absolute pleasure George Cooper thank you thank you Sammy yeah and uh, have a great weekend hopefully we can get three points at the bridge that would be great come That'd on you nice. ice you, you ice, ice.